I'm Governor Larry Hogan. Our state is taking unprecedented and aggressive actions in the fight to stop the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic here in Maryland. As you know, I recently issued a stay-at-home directive to ensure that no Marylander leaves his or her home unless it is for an essential job or for an essential purpose. I know how difficult this is on each and every one of you. There's a great deal of fear and anxiety. And the truth is that none of us really know how bad this is going to get or how long it's going to last. But I can promise you that there are a great many dedicated people doing tremendous things, working around the clock, and doing their very best to help keep Marylanders safe. In the days to come, we're going to need to depend on each other, to look out for one another, and to take care of each other, because we are all in this together, and we will get through this together. This is the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, keeping you informed about the happenings in Annapolis and the area. Local news, local sports, local events, local opinion, and of course, local weather. The Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief starts now. Good morning. It's Tuesday, April 14th, 2020. This is John Frenet, and this is your Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. The Anne Arundel County Police Department is searching for a suspect in connection with an abduction that happened on Easter Sunday up in Pasadena. It happened about 1.20 p.m. at the Royal Farms at 2500 Mountain Road. The victim advised that she left her vehicle running with her nine-month-old child in the back seat. Two white male suspects observed the running vehicle, hopped inside, and drove away. The vehicle and baby were located abandoned in Baltimore City. There were no injuries to the child. Police were able to identify one of the suspects as a 31-year-old male from Baltimore. There is an active warrant out for his arrest. He hasn't been arrested just yet. But detectives are seeking the help of anybody on the second suspect who was actually wearing a surgical mask. Anybody that has any information is asked to call 410-222-4700. You can go to ionanapolis.net and see a picture of him coming out of the Royal Farms with the surgical mask across his face. He does have some pretty good distinctive tattoos on his arms. Yesterday, Governor Hogan, as chairman of the National Governors Association, has asked Congress for an additional $500 billion to allow states to meet their budgets. Most of them have been depleted fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. And in a statement released yesterday, Hogan said the COVID-19 response is resulting in catastrophic damage to state economies and fiscal assistance is critical now so that we can continue leading this fight. The nation's governors are urging Congress to act immediately and appropriate $500 billion specifically for the states and territories to meet our budgetary shortfalls that have resulted from this crisis. Without sufficient federal relief, states will have to confront the prospect of significant reductions to essential services, which will in turn devastate the economic recovery and our efforts to get people back to work. Stay tuned to see whether we've got more money coming from the feds on that. Speaking of getting the economy back together, the first PPP funds are starting to flow. And actually in Maryland, a small bank in Southern Maryland that has 11 branches called Calvin B. Taylor Bank is the first one in the state to get the PPP funds flowing. They began accepting applications on April 6th, and by April 10th, they were doling out the dollars. They have dispersed four loans, totaling $2.2 million. And you will remember the PPP loans are basically designed to keep businesses open to handle payroll, provided that the business could promise to keep people employed after the emergency was lifted. But there is always a but. The SBA apparently has done a little bit of a backtrack 
And what they initially proposed as an EIDL or Economic Injury Disaster Loan with a cap of $2 million, it seems that they're now capping things at $15,000 per applicant. And the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is pretty upset with that. They said that such limited economic relief will be insufficient for a great many Main Street employers. That entire program is worth $10 billion, and that is the program where you could get an emergency $10,000 grant right up front without a requirement to repay that, or if you continued with the loan, that would be deducted from the principal that you borrowed. Both the PPP loans as well as the EIDL loans are going like hotcakes, so if you have not gotten one of your applications in, I would suggest that you do that as soon as possible. You can go to ionanapolis.net, and up in the upper right corner, there is a link to resources. Click on that, and there are links taking you directly there to apply. All right, let's end this daily news brief with a little bit of good news here. This one comes from Anne Arundel County Councilwoman Jessica Hare's most recent newsletter. It's about two businesses in South County that have gone above and beyond. The first one is Weaver Boatworks out of Tracy's Landing. And Jim Weaver, who is the owner of Weaver's Boatworks, has donated 7,000 N95 masks and 105,000 nitro gloves to the Anne Arundel County Department of Health for them to distribute where they are needed the most. Normally, they would use them in building their boats, but according to Jim Weaver, he said it was an easy choice to make. We knew exactly where they needed to go. Nobody should profit from this crisis. Donating those masks was the easiest business decision I've made all year. And up route two a little bit, Costello's Ace Hardware Home and Leisure in Edgewater. Scott Fate, who is the managing partner of the Ace Hardware in Edgewater, had received a shipment of 800 of the N95 masks from a supplier. He said that they were ordered earlier in the year, and he just assumed that they were not going to be getting them. He said that they were intended to be sold, but in my mind, we never should have received them. I never thought of putting them on the floor for sale. Scott did connect with Delegate Nick Kipke, who put him in touch with the people at Anne Arundel Medical Center to coordinate the delivery of those masks to our healthcare heroes. So big shout outs to Weaver Boatworks as well as Ace Hardware in Edgewater. And finally, AMFM, which is the organization that helps musicians in town if they miss a gig, if they're sick, they put out scholarships for kids and music programs, they put out they sent kids to music camps, they put out grants, and most recently they sent out an awful lot of money to a lot of musicians who are out of work because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, the Annapolis Town Center and Symmetry, which is a local creative agency in Annapolis, have partnered together to raise money for AMFM. This is really kind of a cool thing. The Annapolis Town Center has had to forgo the summer concert series this year. That's the bad news. But the good news is that they are going to host Tunes of the Town, which will be a virtual concert series held nightly from April 15th through May 2nd. According to Anthony Henry, who's the general manager of the Annapolis Town Center, he said, although we must remain physically separated, our hope with this virtual concert series is to connect with the community on a deeper level, uniting socially and sharing the talents of our area's diverse musicians while providing joy and entertainment to everyone at home during this troubling time. Over on the other end of that, Ben Eisenberg, who's the principal of Symmetry Agency, said, Partnerships such as this prove that in the midst of unprecedented times comes unity and inspiring, compassionate care for society. Now, if you want to see the concert series, tune in to the Annapolis Town Center's Facebook page. They're going to be Facebook living that. You can also tune in to Symmetry's Facebook page, and they will be Facebook living it. And we're going to see if we can't get it over on All Annapolis as well. How this works is that Symmetry will contribute $2,500 in matching funds and Annapolis Town Center will contribute $2,500 in matching funds for a total of $5,000. And as people watch the concert, 
concerts if they can donate money, which will go to the performers. It has the potential to raise up to $10,000. Two more organizations doing some good for our local community and our music industry, which is just a really great industry. AMFM, Annapolis Town Center, and Symmetry Agency. You can catch these live streaming concerts on all of their Facebook pages, and these get underway tomorrow night. Who's on deck? Jimmy Davies, Michael Kay, Doug Segree, Larry Lay, Sean Hetrick, Alexander Peters, Aaron Yieldhall, Scribe, PJ and Neil, Nick DiPietro, Mac and Blue, Charles Cabusi with Jesse Dean, Timmy Metz. There's an opening on April 27th. Noel and Jeff Packett. There's another opening on April 29th. Jordan Sokol on the 30th, Pete Best and Peterbilt on the 1st, and the Befuddlers on the 2nd. Sounds like a great lineup of a virtual summer concert series. All right, that does wrap it up for today. Please make sure you're checking out ionanapolis.net for updates on these stories and more throughout the day. If you are someplace you can give us a rating or a review, please do that. And let your friends and family and colleagues know about us. Let them know how to get a hold of our podcast. Let them know how to download it and listen to podcasts if they don't. That would help us out an awful lot. I do have an opinion on the selection of a new delegate for District 30A, so you want to stay tuned for that. That's coming up in just a little bit. We also have George Young with your local DMV weather forecast. He's coming up in one minute, but first, a quick message from Solar Energy Services. Hello, Marylanders. This is Rick Peters, president of Solar Energy Services in Millersville, Maryland. First, I'd like to recognize Governor Larry Hogan and County Executive Stuart Pittman for their leadership through this pandemic as we all continue to adjust to new norms in these challenging times. To be sure, we'll come out of this situation with some permanent changes to our way of life, including the possibility of a greater commitment to a more holistic and sustainable lifestyle. Because of that, maybe now is a good time for you to start thinking about your energy future, including a shift to solar for your home or business. Fortunately, Solar Energy Services utilizes interactive technology tools that allow us to continue to do business safely while providing detailed, accurate presentations and proposals from a distance. So don't hesitate to schedule a free solar design with us today at 410-923-6090 or visit us at solarsaves.net. Sunshine's a wasted, but together we'll get through this. Going out? You need the most up-to-date local weather. Here's George Young from DMV Weather in Annapolis with today's forecast. Hey everyone, this is George with DMV Weather and this is your Eye on Annapolis forecast for Tuesday, April 14th. Yesterday was an active one from the overnight hours into early afternoon with multiple rounds of rain and strong to severe storms before skies finally cleared late with sunshine and 70s to end the day. And while today will bring plenty of sunshine as well, temps will be 15 to 20 degrees cooler with highs 55 to 62 degrees before rain chances return late tonight into much of Wednesday morning with rainfall totals fairly light on the whole, but with even cooler temps Wednesday only 50 to 55 degrees for highs before a nice rebound day Thursday with sunshine and highs 55 to 60 ahead of more spring showers Friday with highs in the 60s before a weekend with mixed skies and slight rain chances each day with highs near 60 on Saturday and upwards of 70 plus degrees on Sunday. Okay, that's it for today. This is George Young of DMV Weather. Make it a great day out there. Stay healthy and be safe. And be sure to get our free app on all of your devices by searching DCMDVA Weather in the Apple or Google App Stores. And also be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and use our website at dmdweather.com so you can always stay weather informed. Have you ever been to the Annapolis Mall when it opens for the day? Maybe you've noticed the line of folks waiting to get into the Apple Store. As you may know, I'm a Mac user, and today's episode of the Daily News Brief, in fact, 
all of the episodes of the Daily News Brief have been produced right here on my Mac computer. What you might not know about is MacMedics. They were founded here in Annapolis in 1989, and they are an Apple-authorized premium service provider, the only one in the Baltimore-Annapolis, D.C. area. And what that means to you is that they repair all Apple devices, including the iPhone screens and batteries, all without an appointment. And most repairs are done the same day, usually within two hours. They also sell everything except the iPhone and the watch for the same price as Apple. I don't know why you would go anywhere else. Give them a call at 410-757-MACS, or if you're not into the whole letter thing, 410-757-6227. Stop by their retail store in Severna Park on Benfield Road, or their service center in Lanham, right off of Route 50. Or you can always check them out online at macmedics.com. I'll tell you, they've saved me quite a few times, and I know they can save you. So many different stories in the news, and everyone has an opinion. Here's ours. Well, here we go again. It was less than a year ago, and we were watching the political machinations do their thing and the selection of Shanika Henson to represent Annapolis as a delegate after the death of Speaker Michael Bush. This year, we are replacing Alice Kane, who served two years before resigning after this year's shortened term. All told, 19 people have applied for the position of delegate for District 30A, but as we have come to learn, there are political undercurrents that guide this process. Last year, it was very evident that the sitting legislators had their choice and the Democratic Central Committee Party pretty much abided by it. And it was a good choice. Shanika Henson is a very capable legislator. I called them out in an opinion piece on the whole process last year, and they didn't like it. I had one member of the committee come up to me after the meeting and call me a effing asshole. He neglected to notice that the recorder sitting next to me was still running. And I had a relative of one of the sitting legislators berate me and ultimately asked if I wanted to meet him out in the parking lot to settle it. I declined. This year, I don't think it's quite the shit show of last year. People have matured a lot, and they've also realized that sort of playing the cards close to the vest is probably the best thing to do. As I said, there are 19 people in the running. About half of the names should be familiar to anybody that follows local politics. Chrissy Holt ran for Senate against Senator Sarah Elfrith the last time around. Scott McMullen ran for County Council in District 6. Vicki Gibson was just elected to and currently serves as a judge of the Orphans Court for Anne Arundel County. Ian Pfeiffer is a former alderman for City of Annapolis. Lonnie Moyer is the daughter of former Mayor Ellen Moyer. Wayne Taylor is a former alderman for the city. Henry Green is a frequent candidate for various offices. John Giannetti is a former state senator and delegate. And there are nine other candidates that don't appear to have much political experience. But the two that concern me are the current alderwomen from Annapolis, Ellie Tierney and Rhonda Pindell Charles. So why the concern? Well, the Annapolis City Council should not be the bullpen for the legislature. If a sitting council member wants to run and be elected, great, do that. But by picking a member of the council does nothing for the city other than decimate that council. With the reconstruction of the Hillman Garage, the reconstruction of City Dock, and an impending multi-million dollar shortfall in the budget, now is not the time to take experienced legislators away and leave it in the hands of the inexperienced. But I do believe that Rhonda Pindell Charles, perhaps the best selection, is the heir apparent for political reasons as well. Mayor Buckley is up for election in 2021, and people have already voiced that they are coming for him. By having three members on the council indebted to him for their seats, he is pretty much assured that they will do all they can to campaign for his re-election. How does he get three indebted to him? Well, follow along. 
Dewan Gay won a special election that was primarily funded and supported by the mayor, even to the point that the mayor was riding around on election day in a golf cart, bringing people to the polls to vote for Dewan. Ward 5, Mark Rodriguez resigned, and then he unresigned at the request of the mayor and is sitting back on the council. Well, conveniently, that new resignation will be after the deadline that's going to trigger a new election, and the seat will then be filled by appointment from the Annapolis Democratic Central Committee, of which the mayor has big influence over. Now, enter Rhonda Pendell Charles. If she is selected, same issue. Her seat will be filled by appointment. Remember that state of emergency that the mayor has enacted. It does allow him to do things like postpone things. And what about Ellie Tierney? Well, she has locked horns with the mayor in the past, and some have suggested allowing her to be a delegate would get rid of that thorn in his side. That's true. But as delegate, she might actually cause more agita for him. And I've also heard that if she doesn't get this delegate position, she is going to be challenging him in a primary for mayor, and that would require her to give up her Ward 1 seat. So if she's really a thorn in his side, he might be able to get rid of her in a primary. Ah, politics. You gotta love it. So despite all of that, who do I think should be on the short list? Ian Pfeiffer, Scott McMullen, Rhonda Pindell Charles, or Ellie Tierney. They would all make excellent choices. But that choice isn't mine. Actually, that choice isn't even yours. That choice falls to the Central Committee for yet another appointed representative for the people of District 30A. And that's what I'm thinking today. Whether it's a fire, a hurricane, or a virus, Annapolis comes together. We've done it time and time again. Because this is a town that gets it. A town that knows how to lift each other up when the world falls down. As we face this new challenge, I encourage our community to come together as we've always done. I'm Steve Samaras from Zachary's Jewelers. I pledge to lend a hand to support my family, my team, my neighbors, and the small businesses in our town. Together, let's do what we've always done. You've been listening to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. Tell your friends and colleagues this is the podcast where you can keep up on the latest with what's going on in Annapolis. And also tell them about our website, ionanapolis.net, where you can find even more information. This podcast comes to you every Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., keeping you informed with the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief. And take a moment to listen to our other podcast, The Maryland Crabs, released every Thursday at noon.